Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence and Roots Bay Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. Mid-February questions in October. And ask me questions if I was confusing. Mid-February questions in October. Baseball decisions are generally time-based, time-sensitive. For instance, the Cubs trade deadline. People might have asked, why did they make all the trades at the one time? Because you know, I, I was used to the players and I like the players and I don't like having all the players go away all at the same time. Did they have to make all the trades at the same time? Well, yeah, actually, really, they kind of did. They really kind of did because to a very large extent, the best returns a team will get for a player is right before the deadline. Is right before the deadline. The Cubs made a trade for Bryce Ball, sending Jack Peterson to the Braves. That wasn't right near the deadline. But that was uh, getting toward the deadline. But no, the, most of the trades, the Chris Bryant trade, the Craig Kimbrell trade, the Anthony Rizzo trade, the Javier Baez, Baez trade, they were all at the deadline. They were all at the deadline because at the deadline is when teams curiously offer the most. doesn't seem to entirely totally make sense, maybe sort of a little bit, but not entirely. You know, why are you going to trade more for a player for 70 games than you would have traded for a player for 90 games? doesn't entirely make sense, but kind of does. But that's really not what the podcast's about. Um, In mid-July, the Cubs picked up Frank Schwindel on waivers. Why did they pick Frank Schwindel up on waivers in mid-July? Because that's when he was on waivers. That's when he was on waivers. If he had been in wa- on waivers in May, the Cubs might have had a different decision as to whether to pick him up or not. But since the Cubs were already quite confident and aware that they were probably going to be trading Anthony Rizzo at the end of July, with Frank Schwindel on waivers in the middle of July, made perfect sense to pick up Frank Schwindel in the middle of July because by the end of July, he was going to be able to be a starter anyway. See how that works? Decisions are made when they're available. Decisions are made when they make sense. In late November, specifically November 19th this year, teams will have to submit their list of players who they will protect from the, 40, from the Rule 5 draft by adding them to the 40-man roster. Every team will probably add a certain number, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys, whatever it is, depending upon how good their pipeline is, depending upon a whole bunch of different factors. They will decide, these are the guys we're going to protect. Why do they protect them in November? Because that's the time when it happens. The baseball calendar indicates this is the time when something might happen, so that's when it happens. 
Why don't they have the World Series in June? Because the World Series is in October. Decisions are made when it makes sense. The Cubs have spent August and September looking at a whole bunch of players. Does this player belong on the 40-man roster over the offseason? For a while, Frank Schwindel was an afterthought. No, 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 no. He, he, he's, he's just a clown guy. He's No, he's, he, he's the guy who's going to replace Anthony Rizzo because the Cubs are tanking and he's terrible and he's horrible. Oh, 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 okay, he's actually good. You take looks at players in games when they are not certain to be retained because you're not certain if they're going to be retained. You're just not sure. Cubs looked at... Cubs were looking at um, Michael Rucker. Is he worth a 40-man roster in the spot in the offseason? Is he? Possibly yes, possibly no. Michael Rucker. Sergio Alcantara. Is he worth a 40-man roster in the offseason? 40-man roster spot in the offseason? I don't know. Trace Thompson just got called up. He's hit two home runs, like eight at-bats. Is he worth a 40-man roster spot these are the decisions. These are the decisions that teams have to make. Is this specific player here worth a 40-man roster spot in the offseason? Those are September decisions in September. Picking up Frank Schwindel was a July decision in July. Decisions are made when the opportunity is there. You don't. One that I periodically talk about is Kirby Yates. Kirby Yates was once designated for assignment and claimed by the San Diego Padres. Nobody gave the waiver claim a second thought. Nobody thought Kirby Yates was any good. Kirby Yates went to San Diego, and all of a sudden he was fantastic. Fan flipping tastic. Why didn't other people pick him up? Because they didn't know. They, they didn't think he was any good. If the Pittsburgh Pirates would have known how good Frank Schwindel was going to do for the Cubs, the Pirates would have claimed him. Not because they wanted to block him from the Cubs, because they wanted him. If the Pirates thought Frank Schwindel was going to be this good, they'd have claimed him. You don't know. You don't know how good a player is going to be until he's actually given a chance to perform. Adrian Sampson, does he deserve a 40-man roster spot in the offseason? I don't know. I'm still up in the air on that one. Probably Corey, uh, Corey Abbott or Adrian Sampson, probably one of the two, ought to have a 40-man roster spot. Both of them? I don't know. But uh, September decisions in September. Assessing talent. Is this guy worth a 40-man roster spot in the offseason? Is he going to stick around for the entire offseason? 40-man roster spot questions are easiest assessed during ball games. Send out a guy, let him play. Mm, I don't know. He, he looks like he might be kind of good. Mm, this guy here, he's kind of struggling. And it's more of a question of, will this guy be useful in 2022 or 2023 than did he get that out there? You know, it, 
Oh, this guy hit a fly ball to right center field, and the right fielder caught it. So I think we'd better designate him for assignment. No, 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 that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. What you're looking for, especially in the Cubs situation, you're looking forward to the future. Make a September decision in September with an eye toward 22 and 23. However, sometimes there are, not very often, but sometimes there are baseball decisions that have to be made in advance of the timeline. In advance of the timeline. For instance, um, the college baseball season starts in February. And teams are starting to come out with their schedules. And I'm just clicking on the Ole Miss schedule. They have, yeah, they have their 2022 baseball schedule posted already. February 18th, 19th, and 20th, they play Charleston Southern in Oxford, Mississippi. On February 22nd, they play Arkansas State in Oxford, Mississippi. And February 26th, 27th, and March 1st. That's odd. No. Oh, okay. 25th, 26th, and 27th. There you go. February 25th, 26th, and 27th. They play Virginia Commonwealth in Oxford. Now, that series might be interesting because VCU actually has a squad. VCU in Ole Miss might be educational. But the starting point for this podcast is February 18th, February 19th, February 20th. That is not only the first weekend of D1 baseball games, but it's also right about the same time, right about the same time that Major League Baseball camps open. Right about the same time. And a couple years back, the Cubs had a Series between Brigham Young and Northwestern out in Mesa at Sloan Park. It was on that similar weekend, 18th, 19th, and 20th, right away starting the season, just before all the players were descending on the compound. Now, there were still a bunch of players out there. And we weren't talking talking about socially distancing back then. But um, I've been a proponent of the Cubs having a larger tournament. The weekend of February 18th, February 19th, and February 20th. A larger tournament instead of having two squads playing have six squads playing. Have a a morning game, an afternoon game, and a night game. One that starts at, I don't know, what, 10 in the morning? One that starts at 3 in the afternoon? One that starts at 7 at night or something? You know, whatever. Sometimes college games can last a while. But uh, if you end up having six teams at the compound, what that allows 
the Cubs to do is two things. There are two benefits from having a college tournament at your minor league facility. First off, in all those those terms, everybody's using exit velocity and um, uh, wow, I'm not even remembering the terms right now, but the the um, statistical terms, the mathematical terms, the um, how the ball rises or falls as it's approaching the hitter. You get the spin rate. You, all that kind of stuff. The exit velocity for the hitters. and the, you, you just get all that information. If you have nine games over three days, if you have nine games over three days, the Cubs executives would get to interview four, five, six, eight players on each of the teams. Hey, we're just going to have you, you know, ask you a couple questions. Take five or ten minutes. You know, you, you, your team's out there doing batting practice. Or even ha- have it, someone else is out, do- the other team's out doing batting practice, and we're going to interview you then. And then when you guys go out and you do batting practice, we'll interview some of their players at that point. Or something like that. Whatever, however it ended up being. But you get information that way. Gathering information is important. So I have long been a proponent of the Cubs having a multi-team tournament out at the Mesa Complex on that first weekend. 18th, 19th, and 20th. I'm a fan of it. I'm a proponent of it. And... Maybe it'll happen. You know, you get, probably invite a Louisville and you invite one of the Texas schools, one of the Florida schools, one of the California schools. You you know, spread it out a little bit. Get somebody from the Northeast. Get some, you know, whatever. Somebody from Georgia. I don't know. But you you have six teams. You have six teams come out, play one one game each on Friday, one game each on Saturday, one game each on Sunday, they fly the heck out of town, go back to wherever they're coming from, and then on the Monday, the Cubs players start doing their stuff. The Cubs start having their... I like that idea. I've liked that idea before. But that's not what this idea is about. This is not what the podcast is about. This is about a January... A, a, a February idea in October. A February idea in October. When you have the tournament right as the players are arriving, right as the players are arriving, it is somewhat problematic. Somewhat problematic because if you have camp opening, I'm, I, I'm looking at this. It says February 18th. Let's say Cubs players start to report on February 21st. Is again, 18th, 19th, and 20th. Let's say the catchers report on February 21st and the hitters report on February 25th. 
mix and matches, you know, whatever. But you get you, you get the players showing up. You get the players about ready to start playing games. Da 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 whatever. But it just gets a little bit crowded. It gets a little bit crowded on that weekend because there's so many major league players around. If you're going to also add in a bunch of college players, it gets really crowded. Here's what I'd like to see the Cubs do. Here's what I would like to see the Cubs do. The weekend before, weekend of February 11th, February 12th, and February 13th, have a tournament. But Tim, you already told us, D1 schools can't play this year until February 18th, so you can't have any tournaments before then. Aha! I didn't say D1 tournaments. I didn't say D1. Division 1 is very cool. It's very fun to follow, especially for me. I completely dig it. I enjoy college baseball games, especially if the announcer is capable, competent of telling a story, telling me what's going on, and also filling me in on a little bit more stuff along as well. What I would like to see the Cubs do is have a February 11th, February 12th, February 13th tournament for either Division III, NAIA, however, whatever, whoever, bring in other schools. Bring in smaller schools who are not D1 and have them play on the weekend before. There won't be major league players around very much. Now you might have a guy, hey, I, I'm here, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm getting ready because uh, I know that I'm the 14th reliever and I want to be here, and I want to be working, and I want to be commiserating with the coaches, and I'm working on that other pitch. I'm trying. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as February 11th, February 12th, and February 13th, there won't be that many players. There won't be that many players. Plus, if you're having a college tournament with D2, NAIA, D3, whatever it is, those schools have already started playing. They've already started playing. That will not be their first weekend. That will not be their first game. Invite four or six really good smaller school teams out to Mesa. It will make their lives. Bailey Reed came from Westmont College, Westmont University. One of the two. I, if Bailey Reed's listening, he's probably hollering, yeah, I did do that. No. Uh, there are other universities out there. Bring in players. Interview them. Here, here's a real cheater way to do it. Here's a real cheater way to do it. Look at all America lists. Invite some of those schools. Ta-da! Invite them out. Interview the top three or four guys on each team. Talk the basics. Hey, if we'd end up drafting you like the, you know, 10th or 11th round, would you be willing to sign for $150? Da-da-da, etc. You know, bounce some questions off them. Ask them about, you know, what, what the what the hidden coach is doing. To, you know, ask them about approach. Ask whatever you're asking them about. Get information. Is this the kind, kind of guy that we would want to have on our team. Then, since you have them in the complex, you get the exit velocity. You get the pitch speed. 
you get the vertical whatever, whatever, whatever. All that stuff. You got it. You got it. This guy, everybody's been kind of... We got, we got his numbers. We got his stuff. We got his stuff here. And we interviewed him. And when we were watching the game, we noticed he's a really cool dude. And, uh, he, 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 the one game, he, he ended up not playing because, because he was hurt or something. But he was completely into the game. He was completely supporting his teammates. When you have games like that, you can see stuff. You can learn stuff. You can pick stuff up. The Cubs have a fantastic facility in Mesa. They ought to use it more to try to recruit players from the college ranks to come to the Cubs. Shouldn't be all that difficult to contact eight of the best NAIA schools. Hey, we're having a tournament. February 11th, 12th, and 13th in Mesa at the Sloan Park Complex. We're looking for six teams. We're looking for six teams. You're actually the first team we called. Or you're the third team we've called. One of them's already said, yeah. One of them said, eh, we're thinking about it. We want to get six teams. We want to get six teams. We'll figure out a schedule. You know, you, you guys will play three games against three really good teams. Heck, may, maybe maybe since the big league players aren't around yet, you get your six teams coming for a tournament. You have them stick around a fourth day. They get in a fourth game against a really good team. Bam! Where's the downside? Where's the downside? Pick up the phone. Call six or eight or ten or twelve of the best NAIA schools. Hey, you want to play four games in Mesa in, uh, in February in perfect weather? You want to play some games out here that you'll have... We will be running their numbers. And believe me, if we're going to be having a game with some of the best NAIA schools, other scouts are going to show the heck up too. We won't necessarily have anybody down there. Our, our scouts will be up there. But um, you know, maybe have a... Each team gets a two-hour BP session on the backfields. Sure. We'll have somebody pitch to you. You can have somebody pitch to you. Whatever you want. Yeah, however you want to do it. We'll do whatever you guys want to do as long as we get the numbers. As long as we know his exit velocity is. Man, this guy's exit velocity in batting practice is already 97.6. I'm kind of interested in that guy. The Cubs have a fantastic facility. Contact NAIA schools. February 11th, February 12th, February 13th, possibly February 14th. Play some games. Play some games. Have players come in. Play games in Mesa. Play games in Mesa. Hire a couple umpires. Enough umpires so you can you know, have three games a day, possibly over three or four days. Have the people who line the field, line the field, 
You might have some fans show up. You might not have some fans show up. I don't know if they'd travel. But why not? I really don't see a downside. Teams are starting to put their schedules together. Having a six-team, three-day, or six-team, four-day tournament at the Complex in Mesa seems like a no-brainer. There'd be minimal cost. You'd have a number of players that are probably going to be getting considered for the draft anyway. Have men. Hey, boy, I wasn't really thinking about scouting that one third baseman, but he's a whole lot better than I thought he was going to be. Maybe we better go out and scout him a little bit more. See how that works? Information matters. Information matters. Getting scouting right matters. One way to get scouting right is to have more games that you're scouting. One game, one way to have more games you're scouting is to have games in your facility. Have the games in Sloan Park. Bam. I'd like, I'd like, I'd like a batch of games out in Sloan. The weekend of February 18th, 19th, and 20th. It starts to creep a little bit into where the um, major league players show up. And may maybe, maybe with those numbers, it won't even work. Because now that I think of it, a lot of times the catchers report on like the 15th and the hitters report on the 20th. First or something. It just it, it really wouldn't work if everything's going busy like. But if you push it back a week, oh yeah, you can have four really good NAIA D2, D3 schools come out to Mesa. Fly out here. Fly out here. And you'll get four good games in. Which team wouldn't be interested in getting four quality games in against four quality opponents in a major league venue getting scads of attention for all of your players on your team for all the scouts out on the west coast if that's the game going on why wouldn't you have a scout over there 94, 92, 96, and then all of a sudden you're paying attention to the guy. Why wouldn't it make sense? February 11th, February 12th, February 13th, February 14th. Pick six teams, have them play four games out in Sloan. It's a no-brainer. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs. Go. And be nice to people.